All right, this morning we're going to hit the topic. <clears throat> I believe the church has the authority to make the difference in our nation. And when I mean the church, I don't mean this building here on Route 40. Uh, it's, it's you. Uh, you have the ability to make the difference no matter where God plants you, where you end up, where you work, who's your buddies, where you vacation, where you buy gas, all that. You have the ability to make the difference. And what it's going to come down to is something I believe probably still the at least the American church, uh, maybe the certainly the the American church, we have difficulties with God the Holy Ghost. We don't quite grasp maybe the idea behind God the Holy Ghost, uh, the importance of it, the meaning of it. And therefore, because of that, I think we, we lack in various things. So we're just going to point out some things and maybe some reminders that will constantly remind you to continue to pray, God the Father, please, Continue to fill me with God the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Almighty God, the Spirit of power, that dunamos, dynamite, dynamo, power. There's not too many Christians that are dynamite for God. Now, how can we be filled with dynamite and not be dynamite for God? Well, we've got to be missing the mark. We've got to be not lighting the fuse or something. Something's not quite right. So let's just look at this. I know that we have... Churches like ours that go over the deep end with God the Holy Ghost and get into so many foolish and silly and dumb things that I try to warn you about. And then we have all the way on this side where people want nothing to do to the whole idea of throw the bathtub and the baby out the window. Okay, so we can't. We've got to have the power of the Spirit of God. Now, so here we go. Isaiah ten twenty seven simply says this. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulders and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. All right, because of the anointing. And it shall come to pass in that day that this burden or burdens that you're under or loads, loads that the enemy throws on top of you or just your flaws in character that you are just born with, we all have different flaws, says, shall be taken away off your shoulders and his yoke from off your neck. And this is done by the power of and the presence of God the Holy Ghost. See, no matter what you're suffering with or struggling with, sometimes they're instantaneously uh, deliverances from things. Others are kind of struggled with things. It's just the way life is and the way the Lord works with us and through us. Okay, but absolutely nothing. You should not be stuck in any situation, sin, circumstance, when you have the dynamite of Almighty God inside of you. None whatsoever. And if you are, it's because you choose to. The, the fuse is lit, God the Holy Ghost, and because you choose to stay uh, in sin or bitter, you, you put it out. There's no reason for that to be. So it says to be destroyed because of the anointing. And that means to absolutely ruin any load, any flaw in your character, any sin, any crack that the enemy has gotten into your life and is attempting to burden you down can be destroyed and totally ruined by the power of Almighty God. Whatever it is. 
whatever it is. Whatever it is. I mean, man is stumped with all the addictions from all these various uh, legal drugs, I guess they call them. Now they're trying to get after the doctors and tell them, don't prescribe so many of those. You're addicting the entire world. And it comes to a point where almost uh, uh, lots of people can't get off that. But the, we're talking about God, the power of the Holy Ghost. We, we don't even, do we remember that? That God is able? Right here, even this morning at this altar, things can be taken care of, depending on the faith that you have and that you believe in the power of God. This is a, supposed to be a supernatural place. You can fill it up with screaming fans for the NCAA, all that basketball and all that kind of, but that is not a supernatural place. This is, this is where the presence of God dwells and where you bring the presence of God with you. 1 John 3, 8 says this, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested. For this purpose the Son of God is now clearly seen by us, as best as we can, manifested. No longer cloaked, that he might destroy the works of the devil. To destroy the works of addiction and, and habits and unhealthy lifestyles that we so easily fall into because we're flawed. Flawed people, some given to drink, some given to drugs, some given to porn, some given to lust, some given to something. Whatever it is, we're given. So God says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Again, destroying means rendering them not binding. He comes and tries to handcuff you and tell you that's it, you're handcuffed, you're done, you're hooked for life. But they're not. They're not when it comes to the power of God. Maybe to you and to the doctor and to this world. Remember the message I preached a long time ago. I can't remember. I remember the title and I don't remember the circumstances. But it was uh, having to do with lethal gas might come and various stuff might be dropped. And you might have to masks and all that stuff and waiting for the great uh, wisdom from our nation. What did they tell us? Duct tape and plastic. Remember that? Duct tape your windows, your doorways, anything that might duct tape. And we can walk on the moon, play golf on the moon. And they're telling you, in order to live and get by in this duct tape and plastic. Is that true? Absolutely it's true. And all this medicine that they come out with every day, this will help you with depression. This will cause you to sleep. All this kind of stuff. And they tell you a little bit about it. And then it's twice as long as they tell you what it can do to you. Isn't that true? You'll sleep, but you'll think of suicide. I mean, it's, this is the world's. So why, why hang on to what the world's telling us? Or what the world gives us? Thank you for doctors, absolutely. Thank you for them, but... Look, the Lord can do some awesome things if we just start to believe. So it says, for this purpose means for this cause. Remember David, when his brothers were mad at him, David said, hey, what's, what's the beef? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause here, church? Do we not have a society that is hooked on everything but the right thing? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to listen up, sit straight up, and get filled with the Holy Ghost and to be a vessel in the hands of God this morning? Is there not a cause? Oh my gosh, our nation is dying. It's about dead. It's on life support on a gurney. Hooked up to machines. The United States of America, no longer what it was. 
Luke 7, 28 says this, For I say unto you, among those that are born of a woman, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Okay, now, now get this. You need to listen to this. This is some cool stuff here being written by Luke, moved upon by the Spirit of Almighty God, telling you about a man named John who baptized people, therefore the name John the Baptist. And so by the Spirit of God, it says, among those that are born of a woman. Now, that's, that's all of us. They're saying there's not one greater. That's a pretty high mark. Not one greater than John the Baptist. Now listen, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So what is that telling us? They're talking about this man, John the Baptist. He was the high water mark of the old covenant where the Spirit of God would come on people. He was there. There's none greater. But in this new covenant, they're, they're saying he's the, le- the least, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. How can that be? Well, I'm bragging today. That's why. No, it has nothing to do with that has to do with the new covenant that God has given us. Among those that are born of woman, there's none greater than the prophet of John the Baptist under the old covenant. You're not under that. The story is found in Luke 7, 18. And the disciples of John showed him all these things. And John calling unto him, two of the disciples sent, to them, to, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come? Or look we for another. When the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look for another? And in the same hour he cured many of the infirmities and plagues uh, and the evil spirits unto them that were bind, he gave sight. Jesus answered and said unto the two that John sent to him, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. Verse 23, And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. 24, And the messengers of John departed. John's in jail. They departed. He began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went ye out in the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken with the wind. The two come and ask Jesus, tell us, says, tell them this, 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 and this. And they left. Jesus turns around and starts talking about John. Would you go out in the wilderness to see when he was out there preaching? Verse 25. But what went you out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in the king's courts. But what went you out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I sent my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Here it is now. For I say among you, among those that are born of a woman, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. So he's building, he's telling how great and awesome this guy is. Wouldn't you love to hear that about you coming from the mouth of Almighty? 
Sometimes I'm almost panic-stricken what I'm going to hear. When I stand before Almighty. But then he adds that, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. I mean, you got to look, don't pass that over. Least means small, little, uh, rank of, little rank of influence. Us. Housewife, doing the dishes. The guy trying to hack out a living. Changing tires, whatever it is. But he that is least, small, little rank of influence in the kingdom of God is greater than who Jesus was just talking about. John the Baptist. That's you and me. Greater. You know the American church doesn't get this or they don't want it. I'm not sure which way it is. Now there are many churches and and a lot of them have people like me that really aren't born again and saved. And we're not even counting them. Because you've got to have your eyes open by the gospel, the power of God. You've got to get the Lord in your heart to even see all that's there for you. But the least in this new covenant was born to surpass him through the relationship with God, the Holy Ghost. The least born in this new covenant, the new covenant that we now have being born again, God says that least surpassed the greatness that the Lord said John the Baptist did. That's you. That's when our our young 15 or 14 year old girls come up here and sing, that's them. Filled with the power of Almighty God they could be. Sing where devils flee and run. John 14, 7 says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. If I am full of God, if I am uh, born again and have invited God in me, the Bible says God is truth and I have truth in me. Spirit of truth. And so as I give the Spirit of truth, if you're of the world, you're going out there, huh? What, what time is this over? What's he yelling about? But if you have the Spirit of God inside you, you should be getting a witness to this. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Walk up and down your streets. Hardly anybody's getting ready to go to the house of God. It's just they can't grasp it. They don't get it. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knoweth him. Remember I told you a long time ago when David Wilkerson started Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge for drug addiction. They didn't even talk about the legal drug addiction back then. I can't even remember when it was, how long ago it was. 70s, I don't know when he did that. But he had such a high rate of success. He had like 88% success rate. 88%. They probably have 8% now. 88. 
And when it finally, you know, was rumored about, then they heard this, they called him in and talked to him. And when he told them it had to do with the gospel and the Lord Jesus, they wanted nothing to do with it. They can't grasp it. They can, even when the answer's right there, they don't see it. So this is for the church, the least. The least. And that's the way you all think. We all think that way. Oh, I just sit in the pew. I don't do much. Throw a few coins in and leave. Well, God says, after he made that big buildup of John the Baptist, saying, you under that new covenant, filled with the dynamite of God. Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him. The Bible says, you've read his letters. You read the book he sent to you. The epistles. You know him. Church of Jesus Christ. You know him. For he dwelleth with you. That's what John the Baptist had. But the rest of it says, but he shall be in you. In you. Not dwelling with you for a little bit. Nice being with you, Bruce. See you later. Catch you back another week or so. Now, now it can be in Bruce. Not just come on him to do some great feat at that moment. Dwell in him. Be in him. Dunamos, dynamite, dynamo that produces its own energy and strength. Not Bruce. God the Holy Ghost. The least, the least in the kingdom of God is better than John the Baptist. Come on out, you vipers. Show me fruits of repentance. As he barked out the word of God and baptized him. God says, ain't one greater born of woman than John. But, wait till you see what I have for you. Those of the least in the kingdom of God. Some of us old saints that just don't get around too good. Doesn't take away from that. Your dynamite inside of you is not going. Because it's too old. Maybe your body is. Romans 8.11 says. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if, it's a big question. So if you are a true born again believer, I don't care where you are in God. I don't care. We, we rate things. It's about the dumbest thing in the world. If you are a born again true believer, the same spirit that quickened the Lord up out of the grave dwells in you. dwells in you. Think on that. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead now shall also quicken. Means to to produce life. To produce life in your mortal bodies. How? By the Spirit that dwells in you. The Spirit of God. We've fallen into some humdrum, whatever it is, 
You say, that looks at me at work. We look just like that. I understand it, but that's our life. It's our church life, our worship life. You're supposed to be filled with dynamite. (laughs) Just the other day, I'm out in my backyard burning limbs and junk from a tree that we had cut down. I think Christian Carter and Will were with me, helping me out. And out of nowhere, not that far away, we hear boom! And all of us went... Okay, now I just find out what it was. But what I'm saying is, when that boom went off, man, it grabbed all our attention. That, that should be you in the world. The dynamite should be going off. I mean, it can go off in all kinds of ways. Just by being kind. Who's kind anymore? Who helped grandma that you don't know to her car to open up her trunk to throw her dog food in? Just kindness. Boom. Simple little things. Forget about raising someone from the dead or making their leg. Just help grandma with the dog food. Seriously. Dwells in your, it will produce life. Remember when I would have my sign, I forgot it. It's called risk. So that's where we're spelling faith now. R-I-S-K. Remember what we, why? We said, take a risk. You see a little grandma going out to whatever. Take a risk and say, can I help you? Take a risk if you see something going on where you could interject God because you bring God into everything. If you're a true believer and the Spirit of God dwells in you, when I go to Walmart, God goes to Walmart. But see, we're just so busy with our lives. And then you drag me, boy, it's Christian church, and I don't know, it's boring, ain't nothing for me to do. And you got the dynamite of God inside of you. You see, the church, we should be making a difference in all people's, all kind of lives that are around us. So those little encounters that you can have with others, and a lot of you have told me when you stepped out and taken a risk, and a lot of them, when you would say something about the kindness or the goodness, or can I pray for you, or can I help you, and maybe sometimes they start pouring out your heart, and always tears would come from a complete stranger that probably every other person conceals and carries now because they don't trust anybody. The Holy Spirit is what makes that happen. Not you. The Holy Spirit is what creates and makes that kind of stuff happen. And it should be our norm. And when that boom goes off, it catches people's attention. What was that? That's what I mean by the church has the authority to make the difference. You but see, we, I don't know, we fall into the mundane ruts of life and we forget about God the Holy Ghost and what He is and who He is and why He came. He came to reveal Christ to us. He came to give us the power to no longer have to sin, to power to walk on things that used to drag us down and, and hook us and bind us up. And we go, 
because of the power that God puts in us. Luke 7, 28 says, For I say unto you, among those that are born of a woman, there's not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Man, what a saying. How awesome would that be? I mean, John's getting all this accolade in front of you in the judgment day. You're no greater prophet. You in the back would be going like this. Oh, Remember? And if you were in a big line, you'd probably try to just line up with the guy in front of you so no one would see you because... But God is saying, if you're in this new covenant, you have greater, greater. The least is greater. How can we walk into situations defeated all the time? Over and 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 over. When Moses, on the old covenant, walks right in the face of Pharaoh. Let him go! So this verse is talking about you and I. Listen, there is truth contained in this passage that helps us to see the potential of an exceeding great army. That's what we're called, an exceeding great army. We never feel like it. We never act like it. But it's there in every one of you that believe. Remember that to everyone has been dealt a measure of faith. Just find it. And then play it. Lord, fill me with the Spirit of God. Lord, I'm such a sissy. Lord, I just hate, I doubt, I don't, can't stand people. Just help. Play it. When we talk to people, it's supernatural. I'm filled with the supernatural power of God. I am. The Godhead bodily dwells in me. You know how QVC will put something on and have all those special lights and they turn it around? You say, I just got to have that. I got to buy it. Five easy payments. Well, look, this is free. Can't find a light to stand. And it's of God. No payments. He gave it to you to walk in it. Freely you have received. Now, what's the matter with us? How could you long for or desire what? Other stuff. I mean, we've got to do stuff to get by. I understand that. But so much stuff takes us away from the real stuff. That people collect everything and anything. And the power, God, the Holy Ghost inside of you, we don't use. Look, when you get to heaven and you're going to see the reservoir of the sticks of dynamites filled to the rafters and beyond that was in you and that you were supposed to use for God. Absolutely. Luke 3.16 says, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. 
That's what he did. Remember, he barked out, ate bugs and all that kind of stuff. But one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, was God too theatrical? Was he giving us an evangelistic talk and stretched the truth? No, he is the truth. The word of God is truth. He said, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. I told you, I think I did, right? I burned branches all day from 10 in the morning till 5 at night. And I could hardly move. I'm going in like this. Okay, took my clothes off, put my trunks on, and went right in the hot tub. All by myself. No one was around. Got back out, went up, laid down. Probably laid down a half an hour, and I heard the saw go. And I'm going. It was Jason. He came late, and he was cutting away everything, so I'm going. But the fire I had going for seven hours, I'm telling you, it's a heap this high of ash. Was, wasn't a lick of fire on it. And I just took some of those small things again, threw it on it, and within seconds, I had a fire. Because all those hot embers that were in there, covered by things of life, whatever it is, were hot and waiting for the opportunity. It's the truth. I think one of my sons even said, I don't know if we're going to get any fire. Within four or five minutes, we had a flame higher than myself. You know any time you decide to step it up with God and start to agitate yourself in the things of God, stir yourself, something happens to you all the time. All the time. Same thing when you don't. Something happens to you. Holy Ghost and fire. John knew about this baptism. He just said it. And he even said he needs it too. Matthew 3.14, it says, But John forbade him, saying, Oh, Lord, 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 please, I have need to be baptized of thee. You comest to me, and I need filled with this Holy Ghost and fire. Not one of the Old Testament prophets, including John, had what was about to be offered to you and I. Not one of them. Not one of them. Sometimes life just whatever and how you are and all that. I always think, man, Lord, if I was just born back and the baptism of the Holy Spirit makes the difference. Makes a lifestyle available to us, which not even John the Baptist had. Not even John the Baptist had. And you're sunk. And you've been pinned. You're out. Because you can't stop watching the soap operas. I understand about things that can get addicted 
too. But we don't understand about the power that's just resting under that heap of ash. Just waiting for someone to go. (laughs) So either we don't understand or we don't want to disturb it. I gave you this a number of years ago. I used the bully analogy. Remember, there's a a difference between your immediate goal and your ultimate goal. Everyone thinks the ultimate goal is get to heaven. I don't think so. I I really don't. Because when you get to heaven, that's probably when you're going to see all those vast reservoirs of sticks of dynamite. And the Lord saying, Dustin, I had this for you. Bruce, I had this for you. Vicki, I had that for you. It's not like you're going to go back and use them. You saw what he had, but you didn't use them. That's not the ultimate goal. The immediate goal is to get right with God. The ultimate goal is to walk in the fullness of the Spirit of God. Heaven's a given. When you go to heaven, your vast reservoirs will be empty. Or there'll be one left to throw. So the bowling thing for all you bowlers. My dad was, but I wasn't. You, you know those marks that are close to you, maybe 10, 12 foot away? That's the immediate goal. You've got to hit those immediate goal to score the ultimate goal. That hitting immediate goal doesn't give you any points. Hitting that ultimate goal, boom, gives you the score. And when my dad would hit that immediate goal, man, he would, those pens would go boom. There wouldn't be one left on the, just like that sound that would boom. So the immediate goal is to get right with God and stop sinning and quit playing games and come to the Lord. And that ultimate goal, man, is to get filled with the Spirit of God. Boom. It's the truth. Now, I told you how much of a sissy I was about the dentist, and you all laughed at me. It's true. I'm not even taking any of it back. But when I am going back, I'm going, Lord, take my hand, Lord, take my hand, Lord. I'm asking God, Lord, do let all these people feel the presence of God in this room. Not because <laughs> bad Joe's here. No, I'm scared. I'm scared. I have a text on my phone now that I'm supposed to say okay to to come back. And I haven't. And I told Ruth, I'm deleting that. She, no, you're not. Yes, I am. (laughs) I'm sick of it. I don't want to go back. But if I'm thinking in my right mind, which sometimes I am, I'll say, Lord, let all them who are in this office, in this room, feel the presence of God. Feel the presence of God. Seriously, I pray that for the parking lot. It's not like you've got to be a person. I pray that those stones and all that dumb stuff out there that we're still not done dealing with is anointed by God. And when they pull on it, hits their tires, hits their springs, hits their fenders, hits their steering wheel, hits their hands. It's not the parking lot of Walmart. It's the parking lot of God. 
God's presence just dwells. Just dwells. And that's in you. So that's the bowling thing. Ephesians 3.19 says this. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. You can be. You see, that hot amber heap ash was just waiting. And I'm telling you, my body and flesh was screaming, who cares? Seriously, who cares? But you see, I don't have the strength or the saw or the know-how. So when the big tree's getting whacked, that's my opportunity. This is your opportunity. The altar. The altar of Almighty God. No matter who you are. No matter care what you're in. If I did not, and almost did not, in fact was being encouraged not to, because of how I was moving, and I had to ignore all that. Because I had an opportunity to get more done, and it would just sit there and sit there because I couldn't do it. Somebody was out there, something was moving, and so I moved. Besides the, you've done enough, don't worry about it, it's all right. Or I could have just said, no, you're right. And then that ash heap, I don't know, two, three days, you probably could have been playing through it. Nothing would bring it back to life. And then the world rains on it, and there's nothing worse than wet, cold ash. Good for nothing. To dig out of there, throw away. Try to start with something new. And Ephesians says this, and to know the love of Christ, which does pass our knowledge. I know that. That you and me, the least in the kingdom of God, might be filled, listen, listen, please, with all the fullness of God. Fullness of God. To where the dentist can't help see it coming out of your ears, out of your cavities. The fullness. Maybe they never said enough to do, but every time that dude comes, there's something about him. Consider, we can travel off of this planet in any direction at the speed of light at 186,000 miles a second for a billion years and have never exhaust what God's already created, what man knows. And still not see the end of it. And I can be filled with the fullness of that. The fullness. And you can't stop watching the program or looking at girly pictures. Or, and I can be filled. We don't understand God the Holy Ghost. No. My gosh, no. My gosh, no. There's no way.
I'm telling you, when you get to heaven, or when I get to heaven, I'm not going to want to hear what I could have been or could have done for him. That's what I mean. That's not the ultimate mark. Man, the the immediate mark, get right with God. The ultimate mark, boldness of God. Be used by God. The reward is in his presence. Ephesians. We're winding down. I need the band back to play that song. Don't please get distracted by them. They're just vessels for God to abuse. Ephesians 5.18. Here's where we get messed up in America. America says, or God says to us, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is the excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The wine is the conduct and the things of the world. Super Bowls and football and whatever. I can't even think you know what they all are. Doesn't mean you can't watch a game. Be not drunk with it. And most of the time, Americans are. We're drunk with materialism. We're drunk with things. Car shows, dog shows, boat shows. Cow shows. They do. They have them. You know that. We, we collect fishing lures, doorknobs, buttons. I've seen all these. Been showing them proudly. Look at this room. And it's full of... I understand. Stamps, coins, shoes, baseball cards. Consumed with things. And the level of God the Holy Ghost in us, there's no boom. And it could be every one of you. Every one of you. Every one of you. It depends who is going to get up and stir the heap of ash look much of the weakness and defeat and laziness in the pulpit in our spiritual lives can be attributed to the fact that we are not constantly being filled with the dynamite of God Guarantee it. 100%. Take it to the bank. Godhead bodily. Fullness of God. Dunamos. Dynamite of God. You don't stir those ash. Lethargic. Bobby got saved. That's great. Way to go, Bobby. To be filled with God the Holy Ghost, listen, is not an option. I don't want air conditioning. Take that off there. It's not an option. You must be filled with the power of God. Let's stand. Our altars are open. I'm not trying to be offensive to you. I'm trying to bring you truth. Bring the ash heap to the altar and say, God, stir it. 
God, help me to stir it. There's hot coals of amber in all of you. Some deeper than others, some just starting to go cold. Some dead cold. But God has the ability to wipe that away and give you red hot stuff. You got to do it though. That's our altar call. Jesus satisfies. <laughs>